Today we will join together in reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 and following. And it says, On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? We're perishing. He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, so we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we do thank you for your word, for the wisdom that is contained therein. We ask, God, that you would meet with us now as we gather around your word in the midst of the storm. Lord, open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear. Open our minds that we come to know and understand your word. Open our hearts that we would feel its power. Then by your grace, I ask, O oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would offer grace to the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It has been quite a week, brothers and sisters. A week ago this Sunday, I uh, left on a ski trip with, uh, with the youth group, 53, heading up in a bus uh, to Winter Park, Colorado, and the, the difference uh, a week makes is unbelievable from this time last week to, to today. Uh, and it's because we've been in quite a storm. The storm has been raging around us. And, and if we're honest, it, it had been uh, stirring over the, the, the months prior, but it, it just kind of hit uh, a peak this week as we saw so many uh, shifts and changes. I think the first wake-up call for me was what was early in the week. Uh, I was on the ski trip, and, and, and we got back to the lodge, and someone said that the, 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 uh, the stock market's going crazy. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. The stock market has been going crazy. Uh, in one week's time, we have had both the largest point gain in any day in history and the largest point loss in any day in history. That's what you would define as crazy. This thing has just gone nuts. And so uh, as, as I was watching this take place uh, from a distance, I, I was wondering what the world around me was going through because I'm just skiing. You know, I'm in Winter Park and I'm, I'm enjoying the beauty. That there's snowfall and it's picturesque and crazy in the world. The next sign of the storm that was around us was we had four students from Trinity University with us on this trip, freshmen in college, and 
on Wednesday, uh, we got off the slopes, and, and these four freshmen all simultaneously got word that their college was canceled. And these girls began to freak out. They were saying, does this mean they're kicking me out of the dorms? And another one said, yes, we have to leave. Like, like they're, they're saying we cannot be on campus. And then the next one said, I can't go home. I don't want to live with my parents. <laughs> and they, they, were, they were full of drama and could not, could not take the concept of being away from their friends, out of their community, the independence that they had begun to enjoy, and back at home with the restrictions of parents. And I know that many of you have college students that are coming home or are already home or you're picking them up right now. And you sense how different this is, how the storm is raging around us. Then, then I know that some of you have, uh, have, have some Houston pride like I do. And at this time last week, uh, we had gotten word that, uh, that Austin had canceled South by Southwest. And there was a, a meme that was going around that, that was talking about the difference uh, that we, the differences we have in Texas. And it, and it showed South by Southwest, Austin canceled. Houston, Texas, rodeo, 70,000 of your best friends drinking and having fun, right? Like that's, that was supposed to be this wild difference between our state. And yet, this week, we saw the rodeo canceled. And everyone at first questioned or wondered, what does this mean? That even Houston, even the rodeo would be canceled. But as the week wore on, I think the awareness of the storm that we're in grew. As everything else was canceled as well, sporting events, large gatherings, uh, everything that, that, would, uh, that would peak... Uh, the rate of transmission of COVID-19, all those things canceled, even school districts canceling, and we find ourselves in a storm. Maybe the last straw was, uh, was on, on Thursday. We began getting messages from you back to us while we were on ski trip, and it was uh, pictures of HEB, uh, pictures of the, the, the meat section with nothing there, uh, of a cleaning supply section totally empty, water's gone, and, and lines of people uh, at the grocery store all the way out the door, cars waiting all the way backed up to Creekside Forest just to get into the parking lot of the HEB. And so the storm rages on, and we become more and more aware of the storm around us. There was a moment on ski trip, though, uh, a little bit of, of levity for us because uh, we were realizing, the Burnhams were realizing that Lauren and I and Addie and Aiden were on this trip, and, and, and Sam was off with Nana and Pops, and we didn't have anyone to, to gather up supplies for us. Uh, we, we looked around and realized that, that, that there were some leftovers from ski trip that were going to take care of us, so don't worry, people uh, of God, the Burnhams have some food, but 
uh, we, we then were questioning whether or not we would have toilet paper. You know, toilet paper is a hot commodity these days. Uh, it's something that, that, that can sell at exorbitant prices. There's even a, uh, there's even a little uh, meme that, that's out there that, that shows uh, the widows offering her last two rolls of toilet paper to the, to the church and the offering plates as, as, as the greatest sign of sacrifice that Jesus could see. But for us, the Burnhams, see, this is our stockpile of toilet paper. I hope that you can see at home that, that most of those are industrial size commercial rolls of toilet paper. We remembered that, that the Burnhams have been wrapped, our house has been wrapped more than any other home in Creekside, I promise. And we are wrapped by kids that do not know what they're doing. And the last time we were wrapped, we were wrapped by kids that I guess had stolen commercial grade toilet paper from from restaurants or gas stations, and then we must have walked out on them or something because they left them all scattered in the yard. So we have toilet paper for days, for weeks, for years. We're okay. Uh, and if you need some, the Burnhams, we, we have some to offer. <laughs> the fact that that would even be desired to use commercial-grade toilet paper uh, is, is just evidence of the storm we're in. We're, we're in a, a different season. Um, we're in a different season right now. But uh, the storm has raged before. The storm has been different. Uh, the storm has been war or terrorism uh, now pandemic, global pandemic. But Jesus' life, Jesus' witness, Jesus' ministry provides for us uh, a perspective of how uh, this storm uh, can be and is addressed and where Jesus is, where we as a people of God are in the midst of the storm. And, and, and I find comfort in the gospel of Mark and the story that was read this morning that, that Jesus was there with his disciples and said, my ministry needs to expand, it needs to grow, it needs to go to the other side. We can't just leave it here in this one place. And so he says, let's go. And something that, that, that we often miss is that Jesus gets in a boat and he and his disciples go to the other side, but as they're going, other boats go with him. I think in our mind's eye, oftentimes this is a single boat with a single group of 13 dudes, Jesus and his 12 disciples, uh, but, but it also says that other boats were with them. There were people that were going alongside, uh, people that, that might have known Jesus uh, more uh, or less and that were following nonetheless in order to encounter Jesus in a real tangible way that they wanted to hear from him to be healed by him and so they all are going and as they're going a great squall comes up a storm arises on the sea of galilee and 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 the waves uh, begin to lap and and if you've ever been in a storm on a boat one, one of those things that, they, that you're worried about is what does the storm look like and and the storm starts hitting the waves against the side of the boat and as the waves are growing the waves even start dumping into the boat and and it's pouring in and it says that the boat was almost swamped you know what that is, right? You know that the, that means that the water is filling up the bottom of the, of the boat so much so that the boat is, is, being, is sinking. 
And as the boat is sinking, the disciples are trying to just uh, scoop the water out so that they might survive. At this point, death is a very real threat for the disciples. Did you notice, though, that this entire time, from the beginning of the storm all the way through until the disciples realize that they cannot do this on their own, Jesus is with them. Jesus was never not in the boat. Jesus was never not in the storm. The storm was always uh, rising in the midst of the disciples, but with Jesus there. The question, though, was when did they call upon Jesus? Did they wait until they were so overwhelmed that they realized they couldn't do it on their own? Why didn't they call on his name earlier in the midst of the storm? He was always there. That's a lesson for us, brothers and sisters. That as the storm rises, it is not by our own efforts that we are to address the storm. And we do not have to wait until things get so bad to call on his name. Jesus is in the midst of this storm today. He's been there from the beginning of this storm in Wuhan, China. All the way through to today. And we are to call on his name and invite him to meet with us and invite him to transform the state of this storm around us. So that we might experience his presence personally and in the midst of this community. We don't have to wait to call on his name. Second thing I want you to, to note from this, from this text is that Jesus rebukes the fear. It also talks about rebuking the storm. We'll get to that in a second. But Jesus calls out on his disciples after the sea is calm, after the storm has been commanded to cease. He, he, he calls on his disciples and he looks at them and he says, why do you fear? Why do you fear? Why are you afraid? He, he doesn't say you have nothing to be afraid of. He doesn't say the storm didn't exist. He doesn't invite us to be an ostrich that puts our head in the sand and acts like nothing is happening around us. He, he looks at his disciples and says, why are you afraid? I understand the storm is real. I understand the threat is real. I understand the, the concern that you have is real. I understand that you can't take your buckets and swamp this boat out as fast as the waves put the, the water in. I got that. He's clear that the threat is real, that there is even a threat of death for the disciples. But he asks, why do you fear? Because he puts it in comparison and says there is fear and there is faith and we walk by faith. And if we are to walk by faith, then there is nothing to fear. This doesn't mean that we then become reckless. This doesn't mean that we see a storm raging and we get in a boat and go to it. 
But it does mean that when a storm rages around us and we are caught in it, we don't have to fear it because we know the one that commands it. And we have faith that he will and does overcome all things. This year at Covenant, we've been focusing on what it means to be made new in Christ. Revelation uh, chapter 5, uh, 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 chapter 25 invites us into this space and, and calls us, excuse me, chapter 22 verse 5, calls us to understand that Christ is making all things new. And so we then are invited to walk in that trust and confidence through faith. Last thing I want to highlight is on this text, what Jesus is lifting up for us and for the disciples is the truth that he commands the storm. And the work for us is to understand that the one who commands the storm is greater than the storm. If, if we are to hear that Jesus can can calm the storm, can rebuke the storm, can stop the storm, then he, in fact, is greater than the storm. And so when the storm rages around us, as it does now, and panic can ensue, and anxiety can rise, and we can experience the, the trials uh, that, that come, that, that seem almost paralyzing, and as some of us now are moving into a space of isolation uh, by our own choice, but, but also by the, the advice of wise counselors around us, that social, social isolation is important, distancing is important in the season, we begin to, to feel alone, but we don't have to feel that way. We begin to panic, but we don't have to feel that way. We begin to have anxiety, but we don't have to because Jesus commands this storm just as he commanded that storm. And whenever the disciples brought Jesus into the equation, he had two separate statements that were tied together for us. The first is he says, peace. And the second, be still. Peace, be still. And I want you to hear Jesus speaking into your life, into your storm in this very moment as well. I want you to hear Jesus saying, peace for you. So that your anxiety, your panic, your fear would cease. You might not even understand how that is possible today as the storm seems to be so great, but Jesus is greater and the one who commands the storm is greater than the storm. And he says to you, peace. And as you receive that peace, I want you to, to hear that second, be still. And I don't want you to only hear that be still as as, as a posture that you're to take as an individual, but I want you to hear that as an invitation this day, that you would be a non-anxious presence in the world, that the stillness that you have deeply residing in your soul would be enough to offer peace to others, that that peace you receive is not for you to hoard, that peace that Jesus commands in the storm in your life is not for you to, to withhold from the rest of the world, but Jesus is inviting you to, to offer that peace as a non-anxious 
gracious still presence out to the world, to others, so that whether you're on social media or whether you're on a phone call or or you're interacting with others, however that is happening, if you're in the grocery store and everyone around you is crazy, which you haven't seen happen, I'm sure, but if that is the case, you can be still and offer them the peace of Jesus Christ as well. The one who commands this storm is greater. Peace. Be still. For the Lord our God is with us. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we come before you in this anxious time. Experiencing the the challenge of, of, of what anxiety rises within us of of the 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 challenge that it is to find stillness and yet you call us to it you invite us into it and so we are still before you in this very moment whether we're uh, in in our living rooms uh we're in our homes we're we're on our phones wherever we are stillness is ours because we have peace in you Lord, use us as your instruments in this storm. Use us as instruments of peace in this storm so that, that in the world, as chaos rises and a storm seems to surge, Lord, let our impact be so profound that it would, in fact, command this storm to cease, that the waves would be no more, The threat would be no more, but your peace would resound in this land. Lord, I thank you for these servants that gather in your name at this moment. Lord, use us now. Use us now as your instruments, as we we volunteer and step forward to be a part of the response team and offer our lives in that way. As we commit our lives and offer our lives to being a calming presence in our community. Lord, we offer ourselves in that way. And Lord, through our gifts in this time, Lord, we offer a portion of what you have blessed us with back to the kingdom-building work of your church. We ask that you would be glorified through the gifts that are given in this space and this time. We pray it in Jesus' name.